بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى لقد كان لكم في رسول الله اسوه حسنه لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الاخر وذكر الله كثيرا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم انما بعثت معلما وفي روايه انما بعثت لاتمم مكارم الاخلاق او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين رسائل دروس شريف اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم يا رب صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم اما بعد علماء الكرام ريسبكتد ايلدرز اند برادرز Nasira of Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a source of hidayat and guidance for the ummah right till the day of Qiyamah. And Nasira of Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not just about memorizing certain facts and figures and stats about Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's life or knowing about certain events, just knowing the dates of the events, etc. That is indeed an important aspect of the seerah. Every aspect of the seerah is important. Every aspect is important to the extent that to even speak about the animals that Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to ride upon that is also considered an act of ibadah it is considered an act of reward and sawab this is the extent of attachment that we have to have for nabi akareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam that every aspect of his life is worthy of discussion and to speak about even the mundane aspects of his life to know even the names of the animals that nabi akareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to ride that is also considered an act of reward nabi akareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to ride on ca- on a camel he used to ride on a horse he used to ride on a mule and one amazing attribute of nabi akareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam was that he used to give a name to everything that he owned the animals of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam also had names for example his camel was famously known as qaswa that was the name that was given to the camel the mule that he used to ride was known as duldul the horse that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to ride was known as sakab these are just aspects of the sira to even know the names ulama may allah reward the ulama of the ummah that they have gone to the extent of detailing and recording and chronicling even the names of the animals of nabi akareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
and all the things that he possessed, the weapons of Nabi Sallallahu the swords of Nabi Sallallahu the bows and arrows, the shield, all these things, they've got the detailed records of all of these things. There isn't anything that has been left out. Everything has been covered in the seerah. And it, the seerah, as I mentioned, is not just about knowing these facts and figures and information. That is an important aspect of the seerah. But more important than that are the practical lessons, the guidelines, the principles, the, 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 the mode of life that we must extract from the seerah and apply that to our day-to-day -day life. That is the essence of the seerah. That is the most important aspect of the seerah. So we can know facts and figures that is there in its place. But the seerah is not only meant to be facts and figures. It is about the practical application of the seerah to our life. The seerah is not just to listen to glorified lectures and talks about Nabi Karim Wasallam's life. That is important. But it doesn't stop there. We have not completed the process if we just stop at speeches and listening to speeches and so on, or even reading books and stopping there. The completion is when we apply all of that practically to our day-to-day -day lives and we live the seerah. That is what is required of us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to live the seerah. Nabi Karim sallallahu was a perfect guide. He was sent as a perfect guide. He was sent as a role model. What is the purpose of a role model? What is the purpose of a guide? To follow every footstep of that guide. To follow the example of that guide. To do exactly as the guide did. To emulate every step of that guide. That is the purpose of sending the guide. Therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to us in the Quran, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ in the life of Nabi Karim Wasallam, you have a perfect role model. You have a perfect guide. Follow the footsteps of that guide. Be as he was. Sahaba Kiram, they followed to the letter. They followed every aspect of his life. They lived as they saw him living. They practiced as they saw him practice. Now the rest of the Ummah has to continue with that practice. Islam is not meant for the books. Islam is not meant for PowerPoint uh, presentations. Islam is not meant for seminars. Islam is not meant for conferences and lecture, lecture halls. Islam is meant to be practiced. It is to be implemented. It is to be lived. It is to be demonstrated. That is Islam. And that is the Islam that will be a magnet. That is the Islam that will be an attraction to people to this beautiful deen. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has got his ways and means of hidayat and guidance for people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide people through books. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide people through websites. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide people through presentations. But the majority of the people don't want to read about Islam. They don't want to hear about Islam. They don't want to learn about Islam. They want to see Islam practice. They want to see Islam in action. 
that is the true magnet that will draw the people towards Deenul Islam. We can talk about Islam from morning till evening and evening to morning, but that is not the attraction. That is not what is going to attract the people. It is the action. It is the practice. It is the application. That is what attracts people to Deenul Islam. They, 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 they witness and they experience the beauty of Islam in the ways of the Muslim. And that is, that is why Sahaba Kiram, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, when they went to the different countries of the world, there were no long lectures. There were no big, big bayans. There were no long speeches. There were no big, big books that were written. All they did is when they went there, they said, Kunu mislana, Kunu mislana, become like us. That's it. And people by the thousands entered into the fold of Islam. Because they saw the real Islam. They saw these people living Islam. That Islam was not a theory with them. It was a practical manifestation in their day-to-day life. They lived Islam. That is why somebody said that sadly, Hidayat is not spreading in the world the way it should be because the Quran, the Islam is now in the Quran. It is in the pages of the Quran. And Muslims are in the Qabrastan. Islam is in the Quran and Muslims are in the Qabrastan. The true people who practiced Islam, their example is no more to be seen. Or it is rarely seen. Not the way it was seen in the past eras of Islam. So this is a very, very important aspect that the seerah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is something to be lived. We have to live the seerah on a day-to-day basis. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq, hidayat and guidance that we become living embodiments and living examples of the seerah of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There are so many thousands of lessons and principles that we can extract from the seerah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that we need to apply to our day-to-day life that it will take many, many hours of discussion. But I would like to focus on some aspects just as a starting point. We start off with the early life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Let us start off with the aspect of pre-Prophethood, pre-Nubuwat, that era of the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from the day of his birth to the age of 40, he had not yet at that point in time received the Nubuat. But even in that era of his life, even in that part of his life, there are countless lessons and examples that, and principles that we can extract and we can apply to our day-to-day life. And that is what Islam is all about. That is what the Sira is all about. For example, we see Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a little child as was the practice of the Arabs of that time that to enhance the health of the child in the very formative years of the child's life so that the child grew up as a strong, healthy, vigorous individual they used to send their little children away to the deserts away from the towns and cities Makkah these places were towns, they were little cities. And those noble families of high lineage, they would not prefer their children to grow up in those environments because naturally where there are a lot of human beings living, there will be pollution and the air will not be as crisp and clear 
and the atmosphere will not be as conducive. So it was a practice that they would send their little children away to the deserts. And they used to grow up in the desert. And they used to grow up in the fresh, crisp air of the desert. They used to be nourished by the fresh produce that used to come from the desert in the form of the milk of animals and so on. What in today's terminology, the big buzzword, organic. Organic. So they knew about these things many hundred years ago. They wanted the children to have the actual, the original things, organic, and that is how they used to send the children away, and the children used to stay for a while there, and they used to be nourished there, and they used to grow up in that environment there, that fresh air, etc. Therefore we found that there were people who were very... Now, whatever in childhood, what a child is exposed to, that is what will be for the rest of the life of that person. If, if you've been exposed to illnesses and sicknesses in childhood, then the chances are most of the time a person is going to grow up with these sicknesses and probably a victim of these sicknesses for the rest of his life. But if you've grown up healthy, then the good health remains with a person for a right till the end of a person's life. So this was the the manner in which the children were sent out. And the famous story when Nabi Karim was born, there were obviously many other children that were born around the same time. And there was a practice of sending these children away into the desert. And the women from the desert used to come and they used to look for the children, especially from wealthy homes, because then they knew that they would be paid a handsome price for looking after those children. They used to take them they used to suckle them, they used to take care of those children, and when they reached a certain age, then they would be returned to their parents. So famous story, we may have heard this many a times before, that the women from the desert came to Makkah to collect the babies, the children, and they went looking around. Each one wanted to try and get a wealthy family, wealthy home, so that they could be compensated uh, sufficiently that would have helped them but they went around they found most of them went to the wealthiest homes and found the children of the wealthy families then there was one child who was left and there was one woman who was left she came a little bit late because she came from a very pover impoverished background her animal was also very weak and slow the other uh, women the animals were very fast so they came before time took the children of the wealthy homes and went away and her animal was slow by the time she reached Makkah all the children from the wealthy homes were gone and now there was only one poor orphan child left from a poor family and now she had no option she, she instead of going back empty handed she had no option she said okay she'll choose this, this little orphan child and she took Nabi Karim sallam in the beginning, not very willingly, but out of force of circumstances, she took him and this was, who was this famous lady? I'm sure all of us know her name. The Sayyidah Halima, radiallahu ta'ala anha, Sayyidah Halima Sa'diya, rahmatullah alayha, she, radiallahu ta'ala anha, she is the one who came and took this little orphan child. She didn't have much expectation. She took the child, 
and when she took this child in her hands, suddenly there was something that went through her body that this is a different child. Never have I seen a child like this. And the moment she jumped onto her conveyance with this child, that animal that was weak and slow suddenly became so fast that it overtook all the other animals. And those women were astonished that, Alima, what has happened to your animal? She was smiling to herself that you people don't know the secret. And subhanallah, the barakat of Nabi Karim sallallahu in the household of Halima was such that with her own eyes she witnessed the amazing barakat, the blessings that came, the animals, others were full, animals that had gone dry and that were weak and emaciated, suddenly those animals became healthy, giving ample milk and prosperity came to her household and she couldn't believe her good fortune and her good luck, many poets have even encompassed this in poetry and so on. And Nabi Karim sallallahu lived with her. But it was the practice that after the age of two, when the child finishes the, the, the period of suckling, and the child reaches the age of weaning, then the child is returned to the parents. Nabi Karim sallallahu was to be returned to his family. But Halima was reluctant because she saw the blessings of this child and she was so attached to this child that she did not want to give him up. In any case, she took him to Makkah and she convinced his mother that please allow me to keep him for a little while longer. Nabi Karim mother agreed because it was in his interest to be in the desert air and grow up in that healthy environment. So she took him back, very happy now, because the perpetuation of that barakat continued. Now, just to come to an important aspect of a lesson, a principle to be derived, even at that tender age when he was just a suckling child, subhanallah, we learn a great lesson, even in that stage of his life. Halima radiallahu anha says, that amazing attribute I observed of this baby and child, which I never saw in any other child, was that there were two children that were suckling at that time from her. One was Nabi Karim sallallahu and one was his milk brother. She says that Nabi Karim sallallahu would only drink milk from one breast. He would not drink from the other breast because that that other brother should not be deprived of the milk. So he would only look at the ulama have mentioned that look at the sense of insaf and justice of Nabi Karim the baby, that preference and consideration to the rights of others, that others' rights must not be trampled, the hukuk of other people must not be trampled, justice must prevail. The lesson of justice came from that very beginning. From that very childhood of his, even as a baby, he demonstrated the practical lesson of justice and fairness. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala imbue us with this lesson. May Allah bring this attribute and quality in our day-to-day life. Brother, say Amin. Because this is what is lacking in the Ummah today. These are the things that are gone out of our lives. Where is the justice anymore? Where is the fairness anymore? Now it is about, you know, on a light-hearted note, somebody said 
what is mine is mine and what is yours is negotiable. That's how it has become in today's world. What is mine is mine, what is yours is negotiable. That means I will keep mine. I won't allow anyone to take my thing, which is correct. You have the right to control what is yours, but you have no right to take control of somebody else's possessions. But that is the world that has become today. Education, inshallah, with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we shall continue these lessons in the future.